The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone. Welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick. You're listening to Matt Slick Live. Today's date is November 2nd, 2023. We have nobody waiting right now. If you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. Real easy to do. And if you want, you can email me. That's easy to do. Just go to info at karm.org. Email it to info at karm.org. And um, uh, just put in the subject line, you know, radio question or radio comment or something like that. And um, we'll get to it real easy. So quick and slick, you see. Now tonight I'm teaching a Bible study, so we do that online. We're going through Romans chapter 13, starting at verse 8. And Lord willing, we'll finish the chapter. It's not a very long chapter, and it's about love. And I'm going to go through and talk about different kinds of biblical love. And I'm going to go through and show how the word agape uh, can be an ungodly love. And a lot of people automatically think agape means divine love. It can but not always, and I'll show you the scriptures uh, to, to back that up. So that's one thing, and uh, if you want, you want to participate in our chat room, real easy to do, you just go to rumble.com forward slash Matt Slick Live, all one word, and I believe it'll get you to uh, the areas, click on today's um, video. And it's watching me live and sit here. But what's really fun is the people in the room. We have Tim Warner, Ernie from CARM, Laura from CARM. And uh, those are the ones in right now. Usually a lot more people come in in a little while. Um, and there it is. And we chat and, and have fun and joke around and stuff like that. All right. Again, no callers waiting. But uh, if you want to call me, you can. 877-207-2276. There's a... Let's get some emails. Might as well just jump right in. Hey, Matt, my family and I are looking for a church home. Do you know of any good churches in the Glendale, Arizona area? Uh, no, I don't. Um, I don't know of any of them. If Charlie or somebody could put in the private chat the uh, um, that URL, you know, for the church thing. I, I always mix, uh, forget it, but they have it set up. And so uh, what I'm going to do is just say, sorry. I don't know, but you can go here to find one. And uh, as soon as you put that in there, there it is. And that's what I do. Just kind of grab that. And um, there we go. Okay, see, that's quick and slick. See, that was easy. All right, and let's see. Uh, we can get to the vaccine stuff will be interesting. Let's get to Jeff from Iowa. Hey, Jeff, welcome. You are on the air. Hi, Matt. What's going on? <laughs> Radio. <laughs> so what do you got, buddy? Um, you know, I, I just want to hear your thoughts on dating. You talk about religion enough. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think we should talk about dating. Uh, but what are your thoughts on, like, you know, should you should you have sex, you know, after marriage? Or, you know, could you have it before marriage? What are your thoughts on that? Like, the the ideal situation wow 
The ideal situation is that the man, that's your male, I'll talk to you about that. The ideal situation for a Christian man is that he does not touch his girlfriend uh, in any inappropriate way. Sexual relations are only for marriage, only for marriage. And there should be no heavy uh, et cetera, et cetera stuff going on. You should always guard her dignity and guard her honor. You should never seek to steal from her what does not belong to you because you've not vowed before God, before her, and before people the uh, the vows of marriage. And sexual relationship is for that only. That's the only context. So uh, I say to people, when I do counseling, and I'll say it here, that if you are dating someone and you're having relations with someone like that and you claim to be a Christian, well, don't call yourself a Christian for one thing because you're in fornication and dire rebellion against God. You need to repent immediately. And I've had couples uh, that I've married counseled, uh, premarital counseling, and performed their weddings when um, they, I have found out, for example, that they've fooled around. And you know, I say, okay, we well, need to talk about this. And I say, do you realize it is a great sin against God and against each other? And I give them the theology. I show them the scriptures about fornicators not inheriting the head, the kingdom of God, First Corinthians six nine, and how people are succumbing to their physical desires over their honor of God. And in light of that, I say to the woman who's sitting there, I'll say, uh, so you're engaged, right? Yeah, okay. And you're, you fooled around, right? Yeah. Do you want to trust this guy in your marriage? You want to trust him? He's willing to go to bed with you and do those things which are ungodly and unholy because it's not in the, the sanctified bonds of marriage. And you're willing to unite with him permanently for the rest of your life? Is this the kind of guy you want? It's a sobering thought. And uh, then I turn to him and I say the same thing about her. She's willing to go to bed with you before you even get married. What kind of a woman is that? What kind of a Christian woman is that? Yeah, I hit him hard. And this is how it needs to happen. And I say, you will never do this again until you get married. You, you agree? And I say, if you don't agree, the counseling's over. I don't, I don't perform your wedding ceremony. And if you do agree, we can continue. And if you do fall again in that, then it, the po- wedding is postponed six months while we go through counseling. And this, I said, those are the rules. And uh, it shakes people up. And so if you're dating, if you're a man, you're dating your, your, a girl, you should be opening the car door for her, opening doors for her. She's the weaker vessel, and your obligation is to protect her. And then when she's in your company, you're responsible to protect her. Now, you can't do everything all the time, but you're obligated to make sure that she's okay in your presence. And if you're going to be alone with her, which I don't recommend, but I understand how things work sometimes, but even in that context, you need to make sure that she is guarded and protected and her honor and her sanctity before God and before people. That's your obligation. And that it should not be compromised. And that she needs to know that that's the kind of man you are because you're going to set that example. And if you are faithful before marriage and you consider all this to be that serious, then when you make a vow before God about being committed to this woman, she'll take you a lot more seriously. And you're going to need that, particularly in marriage. And when I was in college, I was a few years older than the average person in the Christian college. And uh, they started coming to me, the girls did, and said, you know, what do we do about these guys? There's a lot of these guys in a Christian college were just sinful. And I said, here's what you can do. 
when you go on a date, you take your Bible with you, you get in the car, and if he doesn't open the door for you, just walk away. He's not worth dating. And uh, if he opens the door, good. You get in the car, and you hand him a Bible. And you say, you say, you know, could you please open to any place in Scripture and just teach me for one minute? Now, if he says, why would I want to do that? Get out of the car and walk away. It's over. You're done. If he says, well, he fumbles through it, opens the word, and he fumbles through it, doesn't do a fantastic job, that's okay. But he's willing to use the word of God and to, to look into the word of God. And if this is the kind of woman that she's going to be, then she's going to demand that he be that kind of man. And it should work vice versa. A man needs to be obligated to take care of his future wife, potential wife. But here's something to think about. Marriage is a three-way covenant between the couple, between the man and the woman, between the man and the woman and God, and the man and the woman and the community. And it's a vow of word, of commitment. And it, therefore, because it's based on the work of God, it's a holy commitment. Though marriage can be tough, my marriage has been very difficult at times. But my wife and I are still together, and this month we will have been married 36 years. And we're still together. But here's the thing, is that the man needs to understand that he's the one responsible. So that uh, when they look at Scripture, Adam and Eve are in the garden. She sinned first. She gave the fruit to Adam. He sinned. They both hid themselves. The pre-incarnate Christ came to the man and said, where are you? He didn't say, Eve, what have you done? Adam and Eve, what have you done? To the man, where are you? He went to him. You have, as a male, as a male, automatically that responsibility with any woman that God would dare to trust you with. Because you've got to understand, a lot of men have to understand this, that a woman is a weaker vessel in a lot of areas, and we're obligated to protect. And why would God trust you with a woman who's supposed to be a godly woman? Are you worth that trust that God is granting to you by being with a woman, dating her, maybe getting serious, guarding her reputation, her body, not lusting after her, and then considering her to be more important than yourself? So that if and when you get married, she already knows that you're a godly, faithful man to God first and then to her second. And that kind of a marriage will last. You see... The way of the world is selfish. Give me, give me, I want you to satisfy my lust. And as long as I love you, it's okay. And I'll defy God based on my feelings and my rational thought and my desires. And such things lead to death, lead to sin, lead to rebellion. So godly men are to honor their future wives, potential wives in all areas, in all cases. That's how it's supposed to be. Okay? Mm. Are you willing to do that? Um, I mean, yeah. Sounds all I mean, good. Um, I mean, yeah. And then yeah. it sounds to me like you're not ready to date a woman. Are you a Christian? Mm. What? Are you I'm a Christian? Catholic, buddy. Oh, so you're not really a Christian. So the thing yeah, is... According to you, yes. According to the scriptures, because Roman Catholicism teaches idolatry and it promotes um, 
of works righteousness. So you've not trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior instead of starting in a church. Because in Catholicism, you can go to your priest and get forgiven. You can go sin, and you can go get forgiven and do all these things. So you can justify various things. But if you're a true Christian, the Lord Jesus Christ lives in your heart, and you have to answer to him directly. You don't go through the mediation of some church or Mary or some priest. You go to Christ. When he's in your heart, you'll take a relationship with any woman very, 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 very seriously. And that's how it's supposed to be. You know, I have friends here, and uh, they have wives. And it's understood that when we men are in a group with our wives, each man looks after his own wife and the wives of the others. We all keep guard. And each one of us knows that the other will, if necessary, give our lives to protect their wives as well. These are the godly men that I hang around with. Right, you can ask yourself, what kind of a man are you? Are you trusting in your church for your salvation? Your baptism? Are you trusting in Mary? Forget all that stuff. It's not scriptural. It's not biblical. Are you trusting in Christ alone? And if you do, then he's in your heart, John fourteen twenty three. and your commitment is to him. And if your commitment's to him and he's living in you, you're not going to want to serve your own flesh, at least objectively you're not supposed to. And if you meet some nice woman who would dare to lower her standards to, to uh, date you, that's what happened in my case, then perhaps God will bless you. But he's got to be in your heart because you only have one throne there. It's either going to be Jesus or your church. And if it's your church, then you've exalted something in place of him and your idolatry will continue in the serving of your own flesh. Tell you what, there's a break. Hold on. We can talk afterwards. Be right back, folks. Please stay tuned. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, well, welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. Let's see if Jeff's still on the line. You still there? Hey, Matt. Okay. So that's a smack upside the head. I'm surprised you're still here. You got any comments or anything you want to add? Anything I want to add? Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I agree with everything you said. I mean, the Catholic stuff is up for debate. I mean, no, it's not up for debate. I don't. I don't want to debate you, man, um, because you you destroy me. But I don't know. I was just I was just curious on the the whole dating thing because uh, I think How old are you? I know, you probably have some. I'm How twenty. Okay. Now. I know what it means to be 20 and I know what testosterone is and I know what it does and it is a both a light and a cloud it's it's good and it's bad trust me I remember it well and women don't understand what testosterone is it changes us it it's powerful and also the male brain is not generally mature until about the age of 25 okay so you got, so to speak, no disrespect, man, but you got two strikes against you. You know, you got the testosterone thing, and you're prehuman. I like to call it prehuman for our brains aren't developed. Women, they're done about 23, they mature a little bit faster. So you got some tough stuff going. 
what I would recommend you do, and this is just loving testimony, okay? It's not, you know, I'm judging you personally or anything like that. It's just how we are as males. What I would suggest is that you get right with the Lord Jesus Christ and you, you pray, uh, you ask him to forgive you. You ask him for his strength in you. And then you determine to honor him and that the way to show that is by honoring others. Because to love God means you can have to love your neighbor. Because the love of God flows down through us. But you, you know, it's, this is not Catholic or non-Catholic. It's just, hey, biblically speaking, it's hard and it's difficult. But the way to get through it, through our stumblings and our failures, is to turn to Christ constantly and rely on Him. He's the only one worthy of that adoration and that complete and total dependence. And in Him, you'll find that strength. If you want to honor Him personally, then when, you know, you, some girl uh, says, yeah, they go out, and then you realize He's watching you. How are you going to treat her? He's asking you, so to speak. Are you opening the door for her? Are you guarding her? You're watching for her, making sure she. You go out to a restaurant. You open, you know, you open the door for her. Pull the chair out if it's necessary and appropriate. You know, you make sure that the conversation goes for good stuff, and that you're interested in her, and that, and you don't kiss her on a first date. You don't do all that kind of stuff. It's not why you're dating. Dating should be understood to be uh, the examination of the potentiality of of a of a marriage partner. And when I was dating, I would never kiss them on the first day. I wouldn't do that. I wanted to know what they were like. I want to know what their character was. I want to know what they liked and didn't like. I'm not going to get let that stuff get in the way, the physical stuff. And though I wasn't perfect in all things, I'll tell you that, as I matured in the Lord, I learned these things. And if I were ever single again, looking for a, a, a potential wife kind of you know, sci-fi scenario, the number one thing would be her commitment to Christ. Is that commitment rock solid and above everything else? And only then would she be a candidate. And that's just how it has to be. And then I would be under obligation before God to treat her in the most godly way I could protecting her and honoring her and guarding her dignity this is what we men are obligated to do that's what you're obligated to do if you take your eyes off of Christ and you put them on anything else then you're committing idolatry and if you take your eyes off of him and put them on her physique if you know what I mean and that's where your eyes go and that's what your heart is dwelling on then you're committing a form of idolatry and lust and that's sinful so it's a, it's a tough thing. It is. I understand it. And we struggle, and you'll struggle. But you have to have Christ in your heart to give you that strength. And true Christians are sons of light. And the light shines upon our hearts and within us. And it'll come out in our words and our intentions. And if the intention that you have for a date is to fulfill selfish desires, then you shouldn't be dating. But if the intention of your date is, well, a little bit of selfish, you know, it's just nice to have female company. Okay, that's, I get it. But also, is she a, is she a worthy woman before God? Or is she not? If she's not done, 
I don't care how good looking she is, how sexy, I don't care. Too bad. You have to have a standard. And the standard has to be Christ-centered. And if it's not, you will fail. But if it's Christ-centered, you'll stumble to success. And I say stumble because we're, we're just not perfect. But you'll stumble forward to success. God will honor that. And you'll be surprised what will happen to you in your own heart before him. When you start being other-centered and truly loving and giving like that, protective, and honoring of her dignity, her body, her emotions, you'd be surprised what happens to you. And you find that it becomes a conduit for the Spirit of God to minister to you and through you. And you, it becomes addictive. Not that we want it for selfish reasons, but you enjoy the presence of God. And that's why you need to be dedicated to Christ, first of all. First of all, Him totally and completely. Then, see if a woman can match that. See if God's working in her. And if you can't find that, don't settle. Because you'll be settling, not only with her, but for yourself before God. And what kind of a man would you be at that point? Okay? Got it. Matt, I'm becoming a slick-eyed already. I can feel it. <laughs> well, let me tell you why I know this stuff. I've counseled a great many people, and I've made a great many mistakes. I have so many regrets. I'm a hypocrite because I've preached greater and better than what I've done. But only by God's grace have I learned, and then I teach, and I see. And as the Bible says in Romans 6.21, what benefit were you then deriving of the things of which you're now ashamed? For the outcome of those things is death. I have plenty of things in my life that I regret in all kinds of areas. And I turn to them and judge them as sinful. And I push them behind me and I say that young man in so many ways, he's no longer here. And so I just try by God's grace to pass on the wisdom uh, to others and call young men to be young men not boys not unsure but confident men and I'm going to tell you you need to be a confident young man confident in the things of Christ but you're going to screw up because you're a young man you're human like anybody but you need to have your eyes on Christ and you mess up as you're walking towards him and that's okay it's okay. He'll work with you and through you at that the time, okay? Hey, there's another break. If you want to keep holding, go ahead. If not, you can drop and we'll keep talking if you're here. We'll be right back, folks, after these messages. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Let's see if Jeff is still on. Jeff, you still there? Hi, Matt. Aren't you one of the guys about three weeks ago on the after show we were talking? Yeah. Okay. Yep. There are people in the chat room say, that's the guy. And now I remember. Okay. <gasps> Wait, people people on Famous? Really? <laughs> yes. They, it, wow. Actually, they had a lot of nice things to say about you, which I was oh, trying to correct. Correct. Okay. <laughs> correct. What do you mean correct? 
<laughs> yeah, I always insult people. In, in, all in love and fun, you know. It's all. It's like, yeah, they said good things. I try to correct them, you know. It's just, just. So, Matt, I'm a celebrity yeah. now. Yeah, there you go. That's right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They remember you. So, okay. Anything else you want to want to throw in there a little bit? Um, I mean, I'm gonna let other people call you about you know whatever scripture. You know, all my new details I want to talk about. Um, I just want to say that, uh, you know, we have one caller yeah, waiting. Luke's Let's get back in line. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I will. But, uh, you know, my roommate Luke, he's doing great. And, uh, he's, uh, he, I think he's listening right now, actually. I think he just left the gym. So hopefully he hears hey, Luke, this. Hey, it'd be fun to work out with, with you guys. I just worked out today. But that'd be fun. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, you should send Luke your workout routine. It basically is is horrible. I mean, I'm almost 67. I can't gain any mass, and uh, but uh, it, you know, it's whatever I can do just to drive there. You know, and get in the gym and you should go on delts. I did push today, mainly push, but uh, you know, anyway, it'd be fun. Well, I think I'm gonna go, man. Um, All right, it's good to good to talk to you again, though. All right, you keep listening, okay. And remember what oh, I, I said. Don't make me come out there and talk to you. All right, Matt. I wouldn't be opposed to that. <laughs> Where are you located anyway? What city, state? Um, in Iowa, and uh, like in the middle, kind of near Des Moines. Okay. Well, if I'm ever out in Iowa, uh, I don't think I've ever been there. And if some church invites me out to speak. I, you know, hey, I'd be there. But you know, we'll see. Ooh. Guess we'll see, yeah. That's right. All right, man. All right. Catch you on the flippity flop. Okay, you keep looking and I mean uh you keep listening and remember what I said about Jesus. I know what I'm talking about. Okay? Yes. Right, yes, sir. Right, there yeah. you go. That's right. All right. All right, man. Okay, that was Jeff. Pray for that guy. Okay, for obvious reasons. All right, let's get to Barbara from Raleigh, North Carolina. Barbara, welcome. You're on the air. Hi, how are you? Doing fine, by God's grace. So what do you got? Okay, um, my question is, I struggle with this all the time. I don't want to cry. Anyway, um, I want, and I think I called you before, but it was like at the end of your show. But um, okay. I feel like, you know, when... When in the Bible and God said, I didn't know you. And how do you know that he knows you? I mean, I pray and I read the Bible and then I read like the New Testament where he's like just killing everybody. You know, everybody's got to (laughs) die. I'm serious. And I'm, you know, for things like Mm -hmm. if you touch this, you're dead. And I think I sin, even though I believe in God, I still sin. I do things I know that God doesn't, you know, cuss at work or something, you know, you know what I'm saying? Or something Mm -hmm. like that. I mean, even worse than that, I'm not, you know, but. Yeah. And I feel like he's not, he doesn't, how do I know he loves? I mean, I know he loves me, but that he'll forgive me. Um, I worry about it. I worry about it every day. I struggle with it so bad. Okay. I really do. Well, I could see why you would. I see why you would. Because, because I want to go to heaven and I want to know God. I want to be with God. I want Him to know me, but I don't know that He knows me because I pray and you don't hear anything back, you know? Well, 
So just hear me out a little bit here, okay? I could see why you doubt his love for you, because your heart's wicked, and because you don't do those things you should be doing, and you do the things you should not be doing, and you have feelings. They go up and down. You're not sure. What what business has God got loving you? And these are all legitimate, fair questions. But the issue here is, he doesn't love you because of you. He loves you because of who he is. And his love for you is not conditioned on your goodness or your character or how nice you are or your vocabulary. His love for you is based on his character because his nature is love, First John 4, 8. And his nature... But if it's love, then how... If it's love, then how did he kill everybody all the time? Like, everybody just killing everybody. He wasn't killing everybody. He... What he does, what God does in the Old Testament, in the preparation for the Messiah, is that he would make sure that the nation of Israel was secure and safe so that the Messiah would come through and be born and be the Savior of the world. But there are people who are very evil, and the evil one would work to seek to destroy Israel. And so God would send prophets and warnings to those false nations, stop, stop, stop. And after a long period of time when they would not repent, God says, okay, go take them out. Because he did not want the infection of a cancer to come in upon the people of God. And they were already resisting him in a lot of ways. So it wasn't like, you know, he, the Israelites went into a certain area. There's some bad guys over there. Go, go, just go kill them. That's not what happened. He would go into an area, and maybe they were wicked, and he'd say, this is the land is yours. Go drive them out. Once he was there, and they were there, the nations around him, he would give warnings to. And then they would not repent and be clean their clocks. Usually the warnings would take generations. God's very patient, very kind. Okay? But do you think that he would, if I sin, even now, but I do love God and everything, will he forgive me really and let me go to heaven? It's not an issue of letting you go to heaven. That's not it. The issue is, is the only way to be forgiven of your sins is through the second person of the Trinity, the Word that became flesh and dwelt among us, lived a perfect life, bore our sin in his body in the cross, died in the cross, and rose from uh, three days later. And then what we do is trust in what Christ did. That justifies us. And in our justification, along with regeneration and indwelling of God, we're guaranteed to go to heaven. It's not that God's, you're trying, I'll, I'll let you in if you're good enough. It's not how it works. It's not a Christian concept. No one's good enough. I mean, I, do, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe in God's okay. heads. I believe in all of that. I believe in God so much. But I just feel like, like uh, I just want him to know me. You know, I want him, I pray, and... I feel like he doesn't know me. Sorry. Of course he does. You know, he says he knows those who are his. But a lot of times what God does is he doesn't touch us in our hearts the way we want. And he lets us yeah, walk people through say, it. People say that they have this teaching. I love God. I believe in God. But I don't. I still have my life. I go to work. I do this stuff. You know, and it's hold, like hold on. you get caught Can up we, in that. Let me try and help you out here a little bit, okay? People yeah. have to go through desert times. If you go through a desert, you're going to walk 40 miles in a desert. 
and you got to do this walk. It's going to take you, say, two or three days, and it's hot. Well, what you're going to do is you're going to prepare. Take your water, take your backpack, take your shade, your umbrella, your whatever, and you go through the desert. Well, what happens by the time you get out of that desert? You've dropped a lot of that stuff on the way because it's, it's in the way. And what's needed to get through is the very basic minimum. The desert that God often puts us through is to strip us away, strip those things away from us that that hinder us from our relationship with him. If you're going through a period of spiritual dryness, you're not sensing him and feel him, feeling him the way you want. It might be because he wants you to go through a desert. And then the ultimate thing is, well, are you trusting in your feelings? Are you trusting in him? Are you trusting in your circumstances? Are you trusting in him? Are you trusting in, well, I think maybe this, and I'm feeling that, and maybe not that, and I did this and that. What are you trusting in? All of that or him? Because the idea of getting out in the desert is you, you, when you finally get out of it, you're stripped naked if need be with one thing carrying the one thing that keeps you alive and that one thing is our faith and our trust in Jesus the one thing the desert is what strips us away and those other things away from us in those things that hinder us so if you're going through a desert time then what are you looking for a feeling or you, you have faith in Christ which should be independent of your feelings your faith in oh. him should not be based upon what you feel and what your circumstances are. That's idolatry. Hey, you know, I, I, um, my kids were going to a private school. I had a beautiful home, all this stuff. I was a stay-at-home mom. My husband had a stroke. He can't walk or talk. He's, and we lost everything. I had to go back to work. I, go, I work at a thrift shop. I've been, I'm, I'm so sorry, hard. we have a break. And this is a horrible time for a boy. It is. No, 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 it's okay. I'm not, really, I'm sorry. We've got a break. So hold on, if you can. And please, let's continue after the break. It's hard break. Okay. We can't control it. It's just the way it is. We'll be right back, okay? okay? Hey, folks, please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. It's Matt Slick Live. Taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Welcome back to the last segment of the show. Before we get to Barbara, I just want to give a quick shout uh, to the issue of the Bridge Paul Tour, the Footsteps of Paul Tour that we're going to be going on in April. And uh, it's expensive, but it's 19 days, three countries. It's going to be an incredible tour. And if you're interested in checking it out, just go to bridgepaultour.com. Bridgepaultour.com, all one word. So let's get back on the air with um, Barbara. Okay, sorry about that, Barbara. That's okay. I want to ask you something. Okay. So, um, so my husband had a stroke. I told God that, and and then we lost. I lost everything. I have beautiful kids. I go to Christian school and everything. But well, they're they're my grandkids go to Christian school. But anyway, um, but but I was with my husband for a long time, and then um, he had a stroke. He can't talk or walk. He's in a home. And I have to work all the time. We lost everything, my beautiful home, our horses, uh, everything. And then and then I found that he was having an affair. So here's my dilemma, too. Is I, so wait, wait, wait. Having an affair, you mean committing adultery? Correct. He, he was having, he was with another bride. He, he did it throughout our marriage somewhat, but I never... This is after he had a stroke? After he had a stroke before, and you're taking care before. of him? Before. I'm not taking care of him because he's got a home. 
because I have to work. We lost everything we had to get him in that mm-hmm. home. And anyway, anyway, my thing is, so I'm not divorced from him, but I'm, I don't want to be with him anymore because he's cheated on me so much. But my question is, I've been working and everything, and there's this guy that I've sort of been going out with. Is that bad? I didn't quite get the last bit going out with. Are you dating someone? Yes, it's that bad. Are you still married? Well, I just have that. He's not divorced because... Okay, here's a question. Are you still married? Yes. Yes. Then if you're still married, you have no business dating anybody else. So you need to go to your but elders he, at the he church. But on me my whole, our whole okay, marriage. Here's, here's a, you, want the, you want the truth. You're married. You don't yes, date I anybody. Do. You're married. Even if he committed adultery, it doesn't justify you breaking your marriage vows. So what you need to do okay. is you need to go to the elders. You talk to the elders. Now, you have the, the, uh, uh, the right to divorce, not the obligation. Okay. If he has committed adultery, you talk to the elders yes. and you tell them the situation because it's a lot of information there. And then if divorce right. is warranted and the elders agree at this point, then you go through the procedure. Not that I'm just advocating it automatically, but I'm just telling you the basics. And then and right. only then are you free to consider something else. Gotcha. Okay. I was struggling with that so bad. And I told the person, I was like, I believe in God, and I don't, think, I don't know if this is right. So I told him. Okay. You're right. It's not right. What bothers me a great deal is people will be married and they'll be separated and then they'll date somebody else while they're separated. Well, we're separated, so it's okay. Are you still married? Yeah. <laughs> well, but then I what think are you doing? because he cheated on me, that was okay, but I guess it's not. Well, if he cheated on you, you're still married. <laughs> right? Yeah, you're right. Well, there you go. Someone got to be mad at me. He will be if you continue to rebel against him. You've made vows in your marriage. Now, if the gotcha. marriage needs to be dissolved, then the elders need to be informed. The elders in your church, they need to be informed. Okay. okay. They, you I just need hate to get talking to people about it, but I know. You know. Yeah, I know. You know. I don't tell people what they want to hear. I tell them what the truth is. <laughs> and I want the truth. I want to okay. please God. That's so important to me. Well, then. It really is, this. and I want God to know me, and I want to go to heaven. Okay, you, okay, but, okay, there's a lot of things you're mixing up together. So one thing at a time. You talk to the elders about this at your church. You talk to them, and you tell them okay. what's going on, and you spend that time with them. You take care of that first. You don't have the right to date anybody, see anybody romantically because you're married okay okay all right all right you helped me a lot i'm just telling you the truth you know i want the truth i can handle the truth (laughs) well you know you gotta understand something and people listening need to understand something we're obligated before god to do what's right just because convenience will will try and move us to do something against him doesn't mean that it's okay if he's committed adultery that's on him but you're still bound in your marriage vows and until a divorce occurs or death occurs you're still bound in those vows period i did not know that absolutely i thought since he cheated on me that that it was okay with god 
It's okay with God? I believe that. What, 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 what you're saying is, well, he cheated on you, so therefore it's automatically okay for you now to not hold to your wedding vow and then to go out with somebody gotcha. else because of what someone else did to you. So, That's so not how, how can I re- rectify that with God? You go to your elders. Go to the elders of your church. You talk to them. And if divorce is a necessity because of the situation, and I'm being generic here, then the elders need to be involved with this. And if and when it occurs because of biblical reasons that he, uh, you know, abandoned the marriage vows repeatedly, and this is your situation, it can't be reconciled, etc., and the elders agree, and then they say divorce is permissible at this time, then you go through that procedure, then and only then are you able to be free to date someone else. But you have to make okay. sure you are right before God. Right. The elders of the I church think that need to be involved. A lot of it was my guilt. A guilt about it. Well, you should be. I am. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, right. Matt. Okay, I'm just telling you, take care of that. Get it done right first. That's what you got to do. I will. Okay? I will. All right. Yes. Thank you. All right. Sounds good. All okay. right. Well, God bless. Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. You're welcome. All right, let's get to <laughs> John from Raleigh. Hey, John, how's it going, man? Uh, I'm getting depressed every day with what's going on, man. Uh, one yeah, minute, by the way. Both. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I yeah. just got off, and I had to drop the phone again with uh, Ben Shapiro. There's a guy in England that's walking down the street showing Palestinian signs on every uh, traffic pole, every um, street lamp. And he posted that on whatever. And so the police came over and arrested him because he is potentially inciting behavior. Yet the police went to a store and removed all of the hostages from the wall because while they have free speech, you know, in a way, that could incite riots and stuff. It is so backwards that all I can think of is it's just evil is being exposed Uh everywhere between Congress and the Senate not doing anything and and being backwards, yeah. you know, giving ten billion dollars to Israel and sixteen or sixteen billion to Israel and ten billion to Hamas. It's, how can people think? It's it's you know, there's no morality. It makes no well, sense anymore. Well, because if if you were to assume that there is a work or a group behind all of this that is pulling the strings to destroy our country then things make sense. Sending billions to foreign entities for a war we really don't need to be involved with, for example, in Ukraine. Opening the border up so that the border is now uh, the place of invasion, and the invasion is occurring by people you know are being sent from other countries who, where God does not, I mean, excuse me, where we can't vet them, and they're they're here to mm-hmm. destroy us. You know that's occurring, and, cutting, and our government is not doing wire. anything to stop it. Cutting so, the razor wire and dropping lines so that they can climb up the uh, uh-huh. the uh, the banks, mm-hmm. and that was done by INS. <laughs> yeah, and this is this is this is exactly the kind of thing. Think 
for the destruction of our country. Think about it. Let's just say there were some people in control in some room. They go, how are we going to bring America down? Well, here's what we do. All right. We get the COVID thing going and we destroy the economy. Let's uh, get somebody in the office who's a puppet that we can control. Because we got to have a control, somebody with control in there, who can't you know can't think of a way to wet paper bag. Let's open the borders and just have it unchecked. People just coming flooding in, and then let's use our funds to distribute them in the country. And the veterans who've given their lives for our country and their bodies for our country and their and their need, we'll put them aside. Oh, and let's have the media only show the liberal side of stuff. And don't forget, we've got to get the schools uh, to become indoctrination camps so that the leftist socialist crap will be also be taught. Now, if we assume it's a group of people doing that, then everything makes sense. Yeah. It all makes sense. Oh, that's what's happening. Cronkite in the Vietnam War. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and um, my dad told me, my dad was in Vietnam, and he told me something about that. He said that there would be GIs who'd go over, risk their lives, die to to get a hill as they'd advance mm-hmm. on the VC, the Viet Cong. And then stupid idiots in uh, Congress or whoever it was, and negotiators, would, just, would give this land back to the v- North Vietnamese as a sign of, of goodwill. And then these men's lives were wasted over and over. This happened over and over and over again. In fact, my dad, check this, and this is because of the corruptions in the governments back then, too. My dad was in the Navy in World War II, in the Army, in Korea, in the Air Force, in Vietnam, and I, my draft number was number two. And he said, if you get drafted, he said, I'll pay your way to go to Canada. Mm. Yeah, yeah. For me, I was lucky where I was the first year not to be conscripted in 76, and uh, Same here. but even still, I wish I did because of the structure that you get now. Not that you get now, but back then. Um, but I did work for Pickettini Arsenal and some pretty neat stuff there. Uh, but yeah, no, I just I, I, people <laughs> need to go to other sources to find out what's really going on. And unfortunately, it's you, me, and the people who listen to you. Uh, we got to the ABCs one, two, three. You know, we're being our thirteen M's go down to. It's horrible. I'm I'm so happy that my parents are not here to see this. Yeah, same here. My mom worked in uh, the plane factory during World War II to build B-19s or B-29s. I think it was. She did that. My anyway. dad was out in the in the in Midway shortly after it occurred. And I used to live with a guy when we were kids who was one of Doolittle's raiders. For real, the first retaliatory uh, strike against Japan, and I mean yeah, these are talking, we're from talking an real aircraft carrier. Okay, <laughs> yeah, but now we have these Bambi Pambi trans people who I need a crying room, and we've got uh, our country is being destroyed by the liberal agenda that's that's in place in Congress, in Senate, in the White House, in the schools, and in the media, and uh, our country if it does not find a way out of this, it will fracture, and it True. will be destroyed. This is the same kind of stuff that happened in, in Rome, the Roman Empire, before it fell. And they say we're the second Rome. Absolutely. And I wish that I was dictator of the United States for one year. <laughs> yeah. There would be lots of arrests. Yeah. Hey, Have a wonderful uh, evening. Blessed to you. You too, man. Okay. Well, God bless, bless you. Talk to you soon. 
we still got to talk about her stuff. Okay, talk to you later. Hey, folks, there's a little bit of a Matt's rant. Hey, if you want listen to the Bible study tonight, just go to karm.org forward slash calendar for that information. Talk to you tomorrow. God bless. Another program powered by the Truth Network.